Reflection Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi, family. Welcome back to the Adventist Reflections podcast. I am excited today because I woke up and a friend of mine who I have with me today as a, as a guest sent me this little picture. Or was it last night? I don't know. Anyhow, I, I saw it this morning and, um, and he said to me, Hey, can you see the object lesson in this picture? And he shared with me these ideas. So I have with me my friend Joshua. Welcome to the podcast. How are you going today? Good, thanks. Great. So tell us a little bit about you. Uh, who are you? What do you do? Okay. I'm one of your classmates. Yeah, so currently we're in Australia and we're over in southwest Queensland working as a rural GP. Excellent. I would like to add something. I, I love this guy because I like the zeal that he has for Christ and the zeal that he has for doing anything that he could do to be able to reach out to people. And and I got to know about him, yes, because of his wife, because this friend who I have from back in elementary school. But um, at the time, these guys were in Mongolia. And some of you who listen to this might know that I went to Mongolia once, and it is because of these guys <laughs> who, who asked me to come along, and it was a great service. It was humbling to be able to experience that. How long did you guys go to Mongolia for? Uh, we were there from 2010 till... Uh, 2013, and uh, that okay. was, that was a very rich experience for us. And that's actually um, where we really had our faith tested more so than anything else, any other sort of experience. Mm. Just relying on day to day how God would provide for things, and just seeing miracle after miracle. Basically, mm-hmm. I can't say that we experienced miracles in the sense of you know someone got miraculously healed after we prayed, but miracles in the sense. Mm-hmm. God allowed us to live in a uh, in a country that may not necessarily be you know known for mm-hmm. Christianity. Looking back, I think it was with a good effect in the sense that that we grew a lot. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you wouldn't have it otherwise. That um, you were blessed despite of all the difficulties and the obstacles that you had. If somebody were to say, "Hey, you know, I have a desire to go to Mongolia and," bring christianity to people will you say yes or no yes okay so that was a definite yes yeah there's christianity and uh it's still 1998 communism Mm. then basically it's the baby church if you want to look at it that way christian mentality is a distinct mentality and it's an all-encompassing it goes into every aspect of life even it goes into culture it goes Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. it's it's and it goes in to every part of your life changes for the better, Mm -hmm. not just theory. Excellent. Now, let us go back to this idea of this. I was going to say a dream, but it wasn't a dream. It was was this drawing. So I'm just going to depict very quickly the drawing that he sent me. He sent me this photo, uh, a drawing rather, of a pear, of some grapes, and of a pineapple, I think it was. Some of them were carefully filled in, you know, colored in. And he asked me, 
the object lesson, can you see it? The message I felt, I read it as, it's quite obvious. Can't you see it? And I was here trying to hazard guess. And we enter into this conversation about the object lesson being the whole experience that obviously I didn't see because he had it in his, uh, at home. And I just wanted to ask Joshua if you could give her, uh, give us a little bit of a snippet, like a, a bit of a brief summary of what actually happened. How did you come with this paper? Who did it? How was it done? And a bit of that object lesson, because that caught my attention for various reasons that I would like us to talk about today. Yeah. Um, what was it? Yep. So the drawing was, uh, the specific part of it anyways, was the pineapple. So the pineapple, it was well colored in mm -hmm. the bottom of it, but the top of it, you know, where all the leaves are, mm -hmm. the coloring was out to the lines. So last night um, we were having worship and Hadassah, our little one, she was coloring in these different fruits. And I asked her, hey, why don't you color in the top with your left hand and you can do the bottom with your right hand. And she said, okay, and that's what she did. But then when she was doing the left one, she said, well, look, I can't color it in properly because I just keep on going out of the line. I said, yeah, you just mm. got to keep on practicing and, and it'll, you'll get better at it and it'll be in the lines. You'll, you'll be able to color in the lines with your <laughs> left hand after a while. Right. She said, no, I can't. I, I'll just change hands and do the with right hand. And so I said, no, just keep on trying with your left. And she kept on trying with her left and she said something to the effect of, well, maybe I should just erase the line. And then, and then there wouldn't be any problem. There wouldn't be any problem because I wouldn't be coloring out the lines because there are no lines to be coloring out of. And I, <laughs> it just struck me like all of a sudden, like, wow, that is crazy. That just makes okay. sense. Yeah, let's just erase the lines and then there isn't a problem, is there? We're not coloring outside of the lines. And because there is no boundaries. Yeah, 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 exactly. And because, you know, we were having worship and thinking about spiritual things, then Mm -hmm. I've been trying to think about these, this whole topic that we're talking about today for a long time. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it is so in the spiritual realm, I mean, do mm -hmm. we sometimes want to erase the lines, erase mm -hmm. the boundaries, so it doesn't matter if we are in the boundaries or not, in the sense that these lines are representing the commandments of God, and we should stay within those uh, and, and be obedient to those commandments of God for our own good, God, God wants our own, isn't has our vested interest in us, and then we wouldn't have to worry. Well, well, no, the Bible doesn't say we can just you know do away with the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are for our benefit, to protect us and to help us. So, what other solution is there? Well, I, as the Father, you know, I, the Father, I can come next to her and help her. She can, you know, try to draw and then within the lines, and then I can put my hand on top of her hand and help her color and stay within the lines. I can do that mm -hmm. as the Father. Then, of course, the further, the next idea came, which was, well, hey, is that what God tries to do with us? Does he try to come and help us keep his commandments? Does he get asked by us? Do we ask God to say, help, help us with your divine power, help us keep your commandments, please, because we know it's what you would want and we know that you want the best yeah. for us. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Look, the more I think about it, the more light comes to me in the sense of what the object lesson was all about. Uh, I mean, uh, think about it. There is a boundary for starters, and I would like to go there very, very briefly in a second. But number two, also the idea that Hadassah, your daughter, was drawing with her non-dominant hand. And if anybody here who is not gifted in being able to be a righty and a lefty at the same time, if you only have one dominant hand, you will know how hard it can be to utilize your hand that is non-dominant. 
it's not natural to us. And that's the reality. When I think about these boundaries, when I think about Christianity, I don't know about you, uh, Josh, but to me, many things that are in line with Christianity, when I think about myself, my genetics, my the way I was raised, if you want to call it, the way I allow things to happen in my life, they don't come natural to me either. You know, sometimes I, they are hard. A while ago, I was doing this part of this research that I completed and I came with the benefits that spirituality have in, in people's life. And, and I found out that people who, who live spiritual lives, like Christians, get a lot of benefit from living lives that are something that I call cognitive behaviorally congruent. And I found that people who don't live cognitively behaviorally congruent have greater risk to having a poorer mental health. Yeah. You know, it, it's when somebody, they have a bit of a dissonance between I believe this, but I'm behaving differently. And so I'm thinking here, we could choose to live cognitively, behaviorally congruent, but really getting rid of the lines. I mean, yeah. the boundaries. Yeah. What are the boundaries? I mean, do we self-inflict these boundaries? You talk about Christianity being a culture. And I'm thinking here, does that mean that somebody, I mean, we human beings, we, we develop this, we, we set it up. And we are really self-inflicting all these regulations as such. Is that is that what is happening here? Or where are we drawing these boundaries? Well, one would be led to say that if, if you thought that Christianity and the Bible were just a man-made uh, philosophy or way of thinking. Okay. But, but as Christians, we don't believe that. As Christians, we don't believe that. Exactly. So, so then right. you're left with the Bible and the biblical examples and accounts and principles that are in the Bible stories. Right. It's inescapable to see that there are story after story demonstrating to us that once these commandments, these boundaries, once these commandments are broken, only distraught and trouble and chaos and, uh, you know, death and everything else happens. Mm-hmm. When the boundaries are observed and respected, then, and I'm not talking about, you know, the whole prosperity business. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that God's honest desire for our well-being is maintained. So you think of the story of Job. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of bad things happening to him, yet he did not, mm-hmm. as his wife suggested, step out of the band mm. and curse God. Mm-hmm. He remained within the boundary and respected the one and only truth. Right. In the end, ultimately, that did provide benefit to him. But not only that, you know, it provided benefit to him while he was still going through the struggle mentally to a degree, because he knew that, you know, stepping out of the boundaries and cursing God, as his wife so adequately said, you would die. (laughs) This is interesting. You know, let let me bring to you like a bit of an analogy. When I cook, and that's very rare, (laughs) I don't like people to come and mess up the cooking. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I like people to respect it. Let me cook. Let me finish. I might try the food to make sure it's right, but I don't like people trying it because they're messing it up. <laughs> but if somebody else cooks, like if my wife is cooking, I might come and pinch a little bit of a gluten steak while she's doing this stuff. Uh, anyhow, the thing is that it's easier for me to keep a boundary that I set up. Yeah. Now, these are no boundaries that I set up. These are boundaries, as you say, we as Christians believe in the Word of God. And if we believe in the Word of God, the Word is clear. You know, there is there is black and white setups of boundaries. You know, it says, that shall not kill, that shall not murder, not commit adultery, or keep the Sabbath. We accept them as being given by God, you know, and summarizing, love your God with all your might and love your, love your neighbor as yourself. But I didn't do them, and it's harder for me to keep, especially when I say, you know, I have these genetics, 
and I have the way I was raised up and the way I perceive things. And I said, I said before, it goes a little bit against my nature. So how could I, how could you, how could Hadassah, who drew this pineapple, ensure to keep within the lines of the Christian experience, within the boundaries of Christ? And how could we do that? And number two, why should we do that? I mean, salvation is by grace alone. Why should I be keeping some boundary of some kind? I mean, I feel that we're talking here about salvation by works. Yeah, so, I mean, grace, we can think of it two ways. And and I think the non-biblical way of grace is, well, just God just has this magical little blanket and he just plops it on you and okay. you can do whatever you want to do under the blanket. And it doesn't, there's no consequence whatsoever. And I think that's a non-biblical view of grace. Okay. The biblical view of grace is that, that God, to the person who is so repentant, repentant, we, we say, um, you know, uh, sorry for and turning away from both components mm-hmm. is a repentant person. So someone who's sorry for and turns away from sin that they are aware of by grace, God forgives them and they are washed or cleaned or not hold accountable for any of those sins that they've confessed and been repentant of. That is the biblical view of grace in my understanding of things. And then so okay. So that repentance of walking away from that sin means to me that then you are no longer continuing in that sin. Okay. And the grace of God not only covers that sin that you did do, or forgiveness, I guess, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. also then enables you to not continue in that sin. Okay. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you is, and I concur, if I may add, is that we do play a part in this process of developing our character. It's, it's not, hey, you know, I'll just, I have accepted Christ and that's it. Um, you know, blanket statement, uh, no need to do anything else. Yeah. Uh, what is it that I have to do though? I mean, because I don't know about you, but I can tell you, and I'm honest with everybody who listens, that I sometimes fall over and over again yeah. over some things that I feel like, oh, you know, I thought that I was, I thought that I have moved on from that. But but I'm still here, you know. How much do I need to do? How do I contribute to that Christ likeness with His character, His compassion, His His love, His kindness, His mercy, His not self-seeking His own thing, but rather giving and serving to other people? Well, it's, it was quite interesting because last night that happened, and then today morning in the service um, we had Philippians chapter two verses one through eighteen. And it was, you know, it's just like exactly the same thing, which was very interesting because in verse five, for example, Philippians chapter two, verse five, uh-huh. let this mind you. So let it, we need to allow. Okay. That's what our part is. It's allow God to come into our lives. So in the object lesson, it was one, Hadassah asking me for me to help her and two, allowing me mm-hmm. to help her to, to color in and stay within the line. Um, so let this mind you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on, and it says in verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him from the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So there, you know, we have, he is not here God, you know, holy, all power, you know, anything at his disposal. No, he is in the likeness of men. So he has assimilated himself to us into our finiteness almost. He laid aside his divinity. And being found in the fashion of as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, mm. even the death of the cross. Right. So he was obedient, um, even mm-hmm. unto death. 
And it goes on. If we go down to verse 13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will, so some desire, and to do, so the actual act of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, mm-hmm. that ye may be blameless. And blameless, it seems like that just takes away the possibility of someone doing something that they could be blamed for. <laughs> you know? Sure, so, sure. Like they, being they, guilty, being found guilty. Yeah. So verse 15, that you may be blameless and harmless, mm-hmm. the sons of God without rebuke, mm-hmm. in the midst of a crooked and nation, among whom you shine as lights mm-hmm. in the world. Similar, the, you know, the parallelisms there with the object lesson from last night was just, yeah, it just hit me even that much more. Okay. You know, God is the one who is willing and able and working mm-hmm. in us to stay within those predefined boundaries, as it were, mm-hmm. lines. He's not going to just erase them either. Right. Yeah. So I'm hearing yours from the text and from, from what you're saying, there's a couple of elements, right? Like first, we need to let God work in us. We need to give that allowance. That's a free will. We, we need to open our availability, our disposition, I think, would be a, probably a good way to say it. For him to do something. And then he says, you know, be obedient. So this, it goes back to those boundaries. You know, I have these boundaries. It's your choice. Do them or not. But then it's interesting because it says, you know, and then don't winch about it. It's a, be happy with it. Don't just winch. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm missing out uh, in cheating on my wife today. Or I am missing out on gossiping about my neighbor and envying Josh's curly hair because I don't have any hair. You know, that kind of stuff. I <laughs> So... We, we, we are happy because we are actually doing something for God. You know, when I think about when I do things for my wife, I rejoice in doing these things for my wife because I love her. And those boundaries that God presents to us, it's demonstrating that love back. Not because they save us, but rather because it, it demonstrates our relationship with Him. By virtue of having the relationship in mm-hmm. the first place, enables and drives those boundaries. And remember, you know, the whole thing about the whole concept of, of the boundaries and their purpose and their mm-hmm. function, it's for our own mm-hmm. good. It isn't something that God is imposing oppressively upon us. It's for our own benefit. It's for our own good that he's put these bands and set these principles forth. This whole thing reminds me of something we have spoken before. In the book Patrick's and Prophets, we find this idea. I would just like to read a couple of snippets from it because I think this is clear. For us to reach Christ's likeness in character, for us to have that perfection of character, if you want to call it, we need him. We cannot do it alone. And yet we must participate. Patrick's and Prophets, page 479, it says this. Human effort avails nothing without divine power. And without human endeavor, divine effort is with many of no avail. His grace is given to work in us, to will and to do, but never as a substitute for our effort. Human effort avails mm-hmm. nothing without divine power and with a human endeavor divine effort is with many of no avail to make god's grace our own we must act our part his grace is given to work in us to will and to do but never as a substitute for our effort i think i think the message is clear i mean the understanding is we have sufficient light if you want to call it to know that God already invested everything he could. You know, I mean, he's putting all the efforts. He's sending the Holy Spirit to be here with us. He's sending the host of angels to battle on our behalf. And yet the human part, that effort, that letting God, that embracing what he is, that submitting our will to him cannot come from him. It has to come from us, from our efforts. Yes, that makes sense. And um, 
I think even that the uh, desire okay. to want to also can even come from God. Yeah, yeah, because it's not my boundary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, sin has an attraction because it has fun factor. Right, right. So it is attractive. It appeals to our senses and to our desires. Well, to our sinful human nature desire. So sometimes you just don't want to do what you need to do. Okay. And and I think even we have Bible examples where, where God even demonstrates that even though you don't want to necessarily, God is even willing to help you want to. <laughs> right, right. Be that through trials, like more trials of you seeing, you know, the bad idea that this was. Mm-hmm. Like you think about David, think of some of the examples where he made some bad mm-hmm. decisions and there were consequences decisions, mm-hmm. um, like numbering the Israelites so that he could feel, oh, I'm the king. I have this X number of people mm. no one in my house can defeat me. But yet that was that was sinful in the sense that he was not any longer relying on God. Yeah. He was he himself and his numbers. Mm. Mm. And you know, how many people died? There was a consequence to his sin and sometimes those consequences can motivate us to want to not sin anymore mm-hmm. but has to provide that so uh, look I, i'm excited hearing about this because what you're saying to me based on the study you have been doing and based on what the bible says and the lesser light that we have is that there is hope for me and for you i was going to say for me alone but then i thought well you are kind of included there um there is hope for everybody who listens there's hope yes i mean j- just look at jude 24 i mean now into him that is able to keep you from falling mm-hmm. and to do what to present you faultless, mm. faultless before the presence of his glory, feeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Mm. Amen. Excellent. So, I mean, it's just in point blank, you know, black and white statements in the Bible where it states that this is a possibility that God wants to. He wants to. He's able. Not only, he's, not only does he want to, I might want to do lots of things, but I can't do right. lots of things. <laughs> But no, God who wants to, mm. but he also is able mm. because he has power, he has majesty, he has glory, he has dominion, mm. and he's able to keep us from falling. You think of First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 is another one. You know, there's so many promises in the Bible. And then we go to the Old Testament, and there's so many, you know, historical kind of you know stories that demonstrate the same black and white texts that say what what it says in black and white that this is possible. I mean, you think of Job, you think of um, Elijah. There's so many biblical examples mm. that we have that God is able. Awesome. Look, I, I feel I feel that we are kind of leaving this inconclusively here, mm. but I think I think we need to stop there because maybe we should do second part of there. I don't know. I would like to people if if as you're listening, comment on on these ideas to build our characters. And if you have any questions, any any comments, any criticisms of any kind, or perhaps any ideas that match or diverge from what we've spoken, I would love to hear about them so that we can talk more and reflect on these character-building ideas, which at the end of the day will bring us closer to Christ. Are there any final comments that you would like to have about this topic, Joshua? Yes, yes. Um, well, I mean, there's another one in quite a uh, quite... Um a good one in, in Ministry of Healing, okay. pages 180 to 180. And I guess there's a few ones that we'll just I'll just like to mention okay. there. Nothing less than perfect obedience can meet the standard of God's requirement. Mm. He has enjoined nothing that is not necessary in order to bring man into harmony with Him. We are to point sinners to His ideal of character 
and to lead them to Christ, by whose grace only can this ideal be reached. The Savior took upon himself the infirmities of humanity, lived a sinless life, that men might have no fear that because of the weakness of human nature, they could not overcome. Thanks for sharing that. I, I appreciate it. Well, this is it for today, family. I hope that you enjoy it. Follow us on our social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Tumblr. We're on Twitter. Give us a review. Let us know how we can continue to build this community of faith where we are encouraging one another to the likeness of Christ. Until you hear from me or even maybe from Joshua next time, I hope that you keep on holding unto him who is the author and finisher of your faith. I am Dr. Denzi and today I choose to love God and dwell on the ideas of his boundaries because he promised that he's able to keep me from falling. So see you next time. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.